Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. So I call Barnes & Noble my library because I love books, but I love coffee, and every Barnes & Noble has a Starbucks in it. At least I think everyone does. Everyone I've ever been into does. And it makes me sad that so many of them are closing down. I mean, I guess I get it because people can buy books more online or digital downloads. And I'm probably part of the problem because, truth be told, I don't really buy a lot of books when I go to Barnes & Noble. I end up looking through things or grabbing a few magazines and hanging out in the coffee area. Surprise, surprise. Well, if more libraries across the country and around the world put coffee shops in them, then I think more people would be more apt to go in there. Then maybe they would discover, oh, I can just check out this book and bring it back when I want to. And anyway, this is not a podcast episode about libraries, but I was thinking about what's funny to me about Barnes & Noble when Todd and I go, my husband, God love him, but he's a loud talker. So when we go to Barnes & Noble, it's very quiet, almost like a library. Everybody's sitting at the different tables, either reading a book or a magazine and sipping their coffee And he starts talking really loud. And I find myself like shushing him like we're in a library. And other people, I think, look at you like, hey, be quiet. Like this is a bookstore, a a library, if you will. And I don't know. It's just these like unspoken kinds of things. I mean, I know librarians I remember as a kid. And yes, I'm old enough to remember the Dewey Decimal System. And libraries were a big deal as kids because that was really the only place you could get books and check them out for school and Because why buy all those books you need to read when you're in school? And libraries, librarians would shush you. Like, be quiet because people are reading. Be quiet because people are studying. Uh, So I just think it's funny that that culture has kind of shifted into a bookstore, coffee shop culture. And so anyway, like, I was thinking about that and, you know, about, I was reading also, um, wow, sipping my coffee and relaxing and reading articles about this whole movement of quiet quitting And is it really a movement? Is it not? I mean, there's all kinds of different controversial articles out there. Some people are saying, oh, it's just that really people aren't doing that. Uh, 50% of the workforce, according to Gallup, actually, last year, more than 50% of the workforce is very disengaged and not engaged and would classify as what you call quiet, quietly quitting. Now, basically, the definition of quiet quitting, if you haven't heard of this yet, is that people are essentially just doing the job, doing the job that that is required of them. So kind of like the basic requirements of the job, the basic time that you would put in, et cetera. And then that's it. Nothing more, maybe a little less. No, nothing more, nothing less, just the basic requirements of the job. And so what I find fascinating is why this is actually a thing, because really shouldn't we expect people like why do we punish people for doing the job we hired them to do and I I realize that as leaders we reward we promote for people for going above and beyond and 
always being there and and stretching and doing more and doing this and doing that. And it was so interesting in my women's leadership circle yesterday. Shout out to those awesome Lead to Inspire ladies who inspire me every time we meet. We were talking about this whole topic and it's like, why is our society rewarding that kind of behavior? And one of the articles, I think it was like Bloomberg or something I was reading, said, you know, politicians also drive this like hustle culture. And it's on both sides of the parties, not a political statement, where people will say, I will work 24-7, 365 for you. I will not sleep until X, Y, and Z is done. I am all about the hustle. Like, it's like they want to prove that I will not sleep. I will not rest. I will not eat. I will not this. That's how hard I'm working for you. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the exact opposite of a culture we should try to create. I'm not saying we don't work hard. I'm all about working hard. I, I believe in the basic fundamentals of you work and you reap the rewards, right? Like you reap what you sow, truly. But the definition of it, though, I think is within reason. Like not taking care of yourself, not sleeping, not eating, not resting until they get you what you need. I don't want that. Like that to me sends a terrible message to people. Also says you really suck at time management and being effective within a 40-hour work week. Like let's talk about that. Let's like shift gears and go, what's wrong with you that you need to work 24-7, 365 to get stuff done? Because I guarantee those campaign promises make me laugh because look at DC now and I don't care what side of the party you're on and just sit there and it's like how much do you really get done they barely work most of the year they take so many days off and I think half of them when they do go in session like sleep in the room so give me a break with your stupid emails okay sorry rabbit trail but it's true right like if people buy into that that that's oh well they're gonna work so hard for me they're not even gonna sleep I just think that that's, that's a culture we need to stop rewarding. So going back to the whole notion of quiet quitting, I guess is very popular amongst the Gen Z population, but I don't think it's just them. So I know we put a lot on that generation and, and like this is anything new, right? Every generation always kind of digs, you know, and debases and gives crap to the generation after them. Everyone's acting like this is such brand new information. I'm pretty sure us Xers, you know, got a lot of flack from boomers. I'm pretty sure us Xers kind of diss on the millennials a bit. We do. And I'm actually on the cusp of, like, I'm at the bottom end of an Xer. So I would say I'm more of like a Xennial, if you will. Um, But I digress. Anyway, and then so I think Gen Z gets a lot of crap for this. But truly, if you think about to the timing of it all, it's like, what have we gone through? We've gone through a pandemic. These times of COVID, it's made people really reevaluate their lives and really assess, well, Why am I giving everything to my job? Why am I working 80, 90 hours a week? And what does it get me? I don't get promoted. I don't get ahead. I don't get more money out of it. I mean, not all the time, but a lot of time, right? Majority of the people are not making their way up to the C-suite on a regular basis. Meanwhile, I'm missing my kids growing up. I'm missing out on taking care of me. I've foregone all of any hobby or any other personal interests that I once had. And then most importantly, you're foregoing a lot of self-care and taking care of yourself and making sure that you are healthy and getting rest and everything. I am not throwing stones on this episode. I'm saying that I do the same thing. I give so much to my job. I give so much passion, dedication to my job. And why do we do it? I mean, I know for me, I mean, I do love my team. I love my, my role. I love my leadership. So I'm dedicated to making sure that we 
you know, move things ahead. We do right things that people grow and develop on my team. And a lot of it, it is hard because we have high volume, right? There's always so much to do, always so much to be done. But instead of this, this quiet quitting kind of thing, I just, I feel like, how do we as leaders step in and help people scale back, help people prioritize, help people manage through their time, instead of letting this passive movement kind of occur under our noses, right? Like it just seems like this is just not not the productive way to do things. And I don't mean productive as in, you know, get your butt to work. I mean productive to help anybody. That I mean, that can't feel good when you're so disconnected and detached from what you're trying to do and feel fulfilled in life and purpose and calling and all of the all of the things that we always talk about on this episode. Um, but it also has to make sure that you are, you know, you are getting paid, you are getting a paycheck, you are working for a company. It's a transaction for sure. And while I do think that companies should always look out in their best interest of their employees, because without their employees, what do you have? Nothing. You don't have innovation. You don't have productivity. You don't have any of that. You don't have a business without your people. People make the product. People make the process and everything, blah, blah, blah. You guys know. If you're listening to this, you should know. But what I think is really important is people do need to set their own boundaries too. And that is on us as individuals. And that's especially on us as leaders to really help our teams and ourselves first and foremost, put our oxygen masks on and then help our teams do the same. And sometimes that is very uncomfortable in terms of, well, I got to say no, or I have to say, hey, can we not do this, but we can do this. Can we prioritize this? Hey, other leader, you know, talk to your leader and your boss. Can we make sure that we are not burning our people out and not making them want to quietly quit or just do the minimum and leave? I think that is what is a key. It's almost it's a mindset more than anything. And there's also this movement I read about in the South China Morning Post, um, which is a paper. Do we still say newspaper? I don't know digital resource online um, media uh, out of Hong Kong, but it was really about mainland China and talking about the lie flat movement. Very similar to quietly quitting. I mean, these workers and factories and such in China work six days a week from nine to nine. I mean, it's crazy the amount of hours they put in. You think in America, we put in a lot of hours. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, a lot of people do, but my goodness, like they really do work them. And what's worse is the lie flat movement is we work so hard to make other people rich. So why are we not able to buy a house and have a good life and see wealth and grow? Well, I mean, a big part of that is communism. It's a terrible, terrible structure and terrible system. Um, And that's part of the reason because you literally make 1% richer and everybody else stays the same and is kind of pushed down on quote unquote equal footing. All right. So again, not getting into politics too much, but that is my opinion Um, and proven actually over the years. It doesn't work very well. So a lot of young people are starting to go, well, screw this. I'm just going to lie it out and I'm going to do the bare minimum and that's it. Or even completely not do it at all, which in that kind of society, I, I am concerned for their safety and repercussions of what could happen. But good for them. They're using their voice and they're they're speaking up because it's like, I don't I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to just work myself to the to death, literally, for what and for what purpose and to what end we get one life and we need to live it. So 
Anyway, all these movements, if you will, like also the great resignation. I've also heard of the great reshuffle. I know we've talked about the great resignation on another podcast. And but all of them really just and this is the conversation I was having with the with my, uh, my circle yesterday, too, is they're all just symptoms of a bigger problem, right? It's all just we really need to kind of keep keep the workplace and the work environment and what we do for a living to make a paycheck in order to fund the rest of our lives, we need to keep it in check. And we need to hold ourselves and our leaders accountable. We need to hold our teams accountable as well for both. Yes, we need to get the work done and we need to do a good job and we should take pride in that. And that's a good thing. But also, what do those boundaries look like that you're avoiding burnout, you're avoiding dissatisfaction? And I do think that that's that's a dance. That's something that you and your leader both have responsibility in because you also have to make sure that you're not just quietly kind of, you know, doing things. What good does that do? So let's get into some sips and I'll, and I'll tell you. So first sip, first sip, don't quietly quit, loudly lead. It really doesn't do anybody any good just to kind of fly under the radar, just kind of do your thing. And meanwhile, you're festering inside, you're upset, you're frustrated, you're not happy, satisfied, any of that. Don't you think that's going to come out not just in your work product, but also in your attitude towards others and your ability to communicate, collaborate, connect with people? But more importantly, that's such a waste of your own life and your own time. If you're that unhappy, if you're that miserable, speak up. Say what's on your mind. Talk to your leader about what the issues are. That's what leaders do. They stand their ground. They have courage to say, hey, this isn't okay. This isn't okay to work this much. This isn't okay to burn the midnight oil. This isn't okay for me to feel exhausted all the time and have no life outside of work because I'm just too tired to have one because of work. It's not okay. So don't quietly quit. Loudly lead. All right, second sip. There's also this thing called quietly firing. So don't quietly fire. Loudly listen. So as an antithesis, if you will, to the movement of quietly quitting, there are some leaders that are starting to quietly fire people, which in essence means they just move work around them, give the better projects to other people who aren't really quietly quitting, or also just giving better things to certain people and then just avoiding people who they see as maybe performance issues or not doing their job or whatever the case may be, working around them. And essentially, why would, you, why would you have somebody in your payroll that you're constantly working around, that you're constantly moving around, that you're constantly like not trusting to give any kind of good and big projects to to get done? I'm just going to pause there, and I want people to really let that sink in. Why? Why would you sit back and just let that happen as a leader? When I say loudly listen... That means you need to go and have a conversation with that person and ask questions. What's going on? Why are you not putting the effort? You know, help me understand what's going on with you. Listen to them and let them pour into you because maybe because they're quietly quitting. There's obviously a lot of reasons there. There's obviously something going on with them. And frankly, it could be personal and you just don't know it. Could be a lot going on in their own lives. So listen to them. Listen to the, what's going on and then work together to figure out, okay, how are we going to get better? 
How are we going to work together to put you on an action plan towards where I want you to be, where the company needs you to be, and where you want to be? Or is this a crossroad type conversation where if this isn't where you want to be and this is not what you want to do, help me help you get to where you do want to be and what you do want to do. But you sitting here, me working around you, is a waste of everybody's time, especially teammates who see it happening, who are who are working their butts off going, why are you just working around that person? They're getting the same paycheck I am. That's not fair. That's not right to anybody, to anybody. It, it serves no purpose. And I know I've said this a million times on my podcast, but if you are a leader and you're conflict avoidant, those two things cannot coexist. So you need to get over yourself and be willing to have tough conversations and address situations head on. Don't dance around it. Don't hint around it in feedback. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to apologize for it, but it's true. And I feel very strongly about this because leaders who can't handle conflict and can't deal with things head on when they're not going well are not leaders, period. So have a conversation. Don't quietly fire, loudly listen. All right, final sip. Don't quietly anything, anybody. Use your voice. That's what we have a voice for. You want to you wanna join one of these movements? You see these movements like you read about quiet quitting and lying flat and, and all of this, and it's like, ooh, that really appeals to me. You might want to dig into deeper and ask yourself, why? Why does that appeal to me? What is it that I'm missing in my day-to-day and in my life? What do I need more of? What do I want to change? What is my purpose? What is my calling? What, what is it? Because clearly if that appeals to you and you feel yourself wanting to go in that direction, then there's something in your life that you need to speak up about. And that might be speaking up to your boss, speaking up to a leader, speaking up to HR, to employee relations. Might even just be speaking up to yourself to go, hey, gut check, let's stop coasting through life and just doing it because, well, at least I get a paycheck and I'm comfortable and, well, I'm going to pour into my, my outside life more and that's okay. I'm okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. If you have to convince yourself and have those kinds of conversations, it's not fine because that's still, even if you're just doing the 40 hours you're paid for, clocking in, clocking out or, or not clocking in, clocking out if you're salaried. That's still 40 hours of your life that you're giving to something. Don't you want to make it meaningful and feel like you're leaving a legacy and you're making an impact? Quiet people don't leave loud legacies. Speak up. Use your voice. Not just to change your path and situation, but it very well could change your teams and everyone else's around you. Leadership is always always something to be loud about. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.